I was born in a t-shirt. I'll die in a t-shirt. This is We Have Concerns. <laughs> Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. And hello to our special guest joining us in the anxiety chamber today, Mr. Josh McCuga. Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. The, uh, the pleasure is all on this side of the anxiety chamber. Oh, my goodness. Well, thanks for being here. I have not seen you uh, since we uh, since we worked for a company that is the only company that I've ever badmouthed publicly in my entire life. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm not going to say the name because I don't know what your relationship with them is. Uh, it's, it's the same as yours, I think. So. <laughs> but people can Charlie Day connect the dots with the strings if they mm-hmm. want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, just look for me and Jeff. The, actually, the company, if you wanted to know, is kind of funny. It was fucking Greg Miller. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <and> <laughs> fucking Greg Miller. Fucking Tim Gettys. Uh, Nick Scarpino. Fucking the worst people, right? Just the worst people. No, we did. We worked together a few years ago. Uh, you had a show. For, for a I had event. a show. Mm-hmm. And we were all doing shows. And we were like, oh, this seems like a pretty good gig. And then two days later, they're like, doesn't exist Oof. anymore. Good luck with your life. Like, well, I just quit and, everything. I just quit. <laughs> Not only that, but you made these two days miserable. In miserable. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, it was one of those situations where we, in one of those LA situations where we were all like, oh shit, looks like it's that month that a lot of our friends uh, secure the bag. We did it. <laughs> we secured the bag for as long as it lasts. Um, but it was, it was, it was bad. It was a bad bag. It was a bad bag. Um, now, Anthony, now Josh and I are doing a show together. Mm. We're yes. working together. We're working on the, for the you fan controlled football. football. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For the football. That's great. Thursdays, 3 p.m. Pacific there on uh, twitch.tv slash FCF. We uh, get into shenanigans talking about sports. Yes. I love this. Yeah. I yeah. love this. That's great because Jeff tries to talk to me about sports and I just give him the blankest look. He does. <laughs> the blankest. That's true. Jeff just looked at me like, I, Jeff was like, look at what, look at how my kid betrayed me. And he shows me a picture <laughs> of his kid in a football jersey. I'm like, what? You like football. <laughs> and there he's like, wrong teams. team, Anthony. <laughs> it's the wrong team. I was like, oh, right. You like the red one. You <laughs> like the red one. And you like the red one. And Jeff's like, you know their name. You lived there. You lived in San Francisco. You're doing this on purpose. He does. He does that on purpose. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Kids side with everything. That's the problem. There are, in, in, in our world, right, we have like this significant... Uh, there's no gray area, right? In like our nerddom, we love our mm-hmm. movies, you know, our Star Warses, our Dungeons and Dragons, whatever the case may be. And you're either in that community, you're either a sports fan or you are blatantly not. There's no like, oh, I watched some baseball, right? No, no, no. There is the Tim Gettys of the world who calls it sport ball. And mm-hmm. then there's the Greg Miller who will kill a Kansas fan, right? There's yeah, like no mean- in between. And I try not to, you know, I try not to be the the sports ball guy because I think the sports ball guy comes with like a little bit of derision, right? Like yeah. it comes with like a little bit of like, oh, you like a sport. Right. Like a sport. I hope you like a sport. I hope you like everything you do with your day. That's what I hope for you. Agreed. I just, I'm just not into it. I, I will say that there, there have been times in my life where like, I'll get into, I'll get into it for a while just because I'm like, this is fun for right now. Like, uh, way back when I lived in New York, uh, it was, I, it was one of my jobs, one of my non-actor actor jobs was to explain to people why City Field was going to be cool and they shouldn't worry about Shea Stadium going away. <laughs> <laughs> that was my job. And they put me in a little Citibank hat and, and, and shirt. And it was my job to show people like a model of City Field and be like, it's going to be great. You're going to like it. All the history is going to be gone. We're going to replace it with plastic. You're going to be, so, you're going to be so happy. Where was it? Were you like off the seven train in Flushing or something? I was literally in Shea Stadium during <laughs> Mets games. <laughs> and they would come in and they would come into their game and go to their seat. I'd be like, hi, I'm here from City Field. And they'd be like, fuck you. And I'd be like, I understand. <laughs> I get it. I get I it. I agree. Enjoy I agree. I wanted, I wanted to book a television show, but I didn't. So here I am. Um, so like, uh, it was that was my job. And what would happen is like, oh, after, a couple of innings, after a couple innings, they would be like, well, nobody's coming. You can either like go home or you can hang out and watch the game. And uh, I was like, yeah, I guess I'm just, it took me an hour to get here. I'm going to hang out and watch the game. And so, you know, there were a group of us that would like, I went to like 20 Mets games that season and we had a great time. 
Um, and so, you know, there, there are times like that where, where friends are like, hey, come to the thing. I'm looking and it I'm up. Like, when yeah, did, of course. When did City Field, when did that get built? 2009. Oh, okay. 2009. Yeah. 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 So I was like at the height of, at the height of like David Wright. Yeah. Like everybody was like obsessed with David Wright. Yes. Um, this, hey, everybody, sports ball. Sports, um, sports ball. Hey, but, you know, I have to say but, the other uh, thing that Josh is doing yeah. is uh, launching a board game Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, he invented a board game. It's launched. Whoa, it's, it's gone. Has can, anybody yeah. done that yet? <laughs> <laughs> He's pioneering a new way to fund board games. What about a, Let what me about tell you, the, re- the reason <laughs> that this Kickstarter is going on is because yeah. Jeff Kanata told me the only way to get a board game made is through a Kickstarter. It's and 100% so, true. And yeah. we, it, we, we have friends that have been very successful with it. I, I'm, I'm joking, but I think it's, I think it's the way to go. What is the game? The, the game, I think you'll enjoy it, Anthony, is called Futility, the actual mm. game of living. And it's, uh, it's a raunchy card game mixed with a classic board game. So, mm. uh, each, you know, you get around the board, you got, you can play with up to eight people. It's about a 90 minute playthrough and there's cards on the board and you land on certain spaces. You got to pull out cards. So one of the cards might read, hope to book a TV show. Instead had to convince people that I wasn't trash. Go back <laughs> to spaces. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Okay. So so it's uh, it's just a fun. How do you keep it from getting too game. real? <laughs> it, oh, it's it gets real. Like every there's been a lot of times we've played it through probably like eight or nine times before we went with like the the prototype that we went with, and uh, like people that had never read any of the cards got through and they were like, "Whoa, that one hits close to home." I was like, "Yeah, yeah. that's kind of the point. That's kind of yeah." Because I feel like you want it to be dark, but not so dark where people are like, "I don't want to play that game again." No, right, right. <laughs> Exactly right. Yeah, we're, we're we're teetering on that line. It's like, oh, got a got a great job with what we thought was going to be a really cool company. Turns out it wasn't. Here we are on Discord. Well, I love yeah. I love that because well, I love this for a number of reasons. Number one, I think it's a, a hilarious and wonderful idea for a board game. Uh, Thank you. And I think that's I think it's great. And number two, I love it just because like I feel like you are a person where every time where every time I hear about you you have got something else going on and it's not something I would have expected. Oh, um, you like that. to, you like to like, I know you have your main love, which is like way before LeVar Burton ever entered the ring. You like, you wanted to be the host of Jeopardy. That's you true. were like, I remember before they were looking for one, you were just like one day, Alex Trebek is going to retire and I want them to know that I am here. Yes, <laughs> you are correct, Anthony. Yes. So I love been, that. I, thank you. I love that, but um, and I and I love this because it, it kind of dovetails with the thing that I'm going to be talking about today, which mm-hmm. uh, was submitted by uh, Lavita Loca himself, Jay Martin. Ricky. Oh, I thought Ooh. Ricky Martin. Oh. No, no, no. Hey, we've got the real one. Yeah, we've got sense. the better one. Yeah, Jay Martin. Uh, Jay Martin. Yeah, the first, the first best and only. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he submitted this article that is absolutely fascinating about hot streaks in people's careers. Oh, hmm. um, interesting. Yeah. I, I could use one of those. <laughs> right? <laughs> so say we all. <laughs> well, it's it's super fascinating because we're all aware that there are always, we're aware of when people are on a hot streak, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're mm-hmm. aware of like, oh, uh, Pedro Pascal is everywhere. Yeah. Right. Right. Three years ago, like, you know, three years ago, he was not. And now yeah. he's everywhere. Right? He's about to go full plat. Yeah, he's he's go he's about to go Super Mario on us all. And who would he be? Who's left? Oh my god, they haven't done, I don't want to give him Mario. He's too beautiful a man. But that's fun. Yeah. He'll play against type. Um, <laughs> Wario needs to be like before Paul Giamatti lost the weight in between seasons of billions. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Giamatti. <laughs> you can't just lose all that weight and not tell anybody. You can't just show up and look ashen. You gotta be fat, Giamatti. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I think I think Pascal could pull off a Waluigi. Waluigi, because yeah. yeah. Walu- Waluigi is a sexual icon. Um, <laughs> but I do I, I do think about this because um, you know the Boing Boing article that Jay Martin submitted was by Tom Dunn, who talked about um, who's one of these guys who's definitely a Mountain Goats fan and wants to talk about John Darnielle. Uh, the guy who wrote this article. There's a particular sub. You 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 were talking about the subgenres of nerds. There's definitely a type of nerd that just wants to talk about the mountain goats all the time. 
Like how they climb mountains? Like No, like the band, actual? the band. Oh, oh man, yeah. I don't even know what that band. I've, I stopped listening to music at Journey. So Yeah, uh, good. Yeah. Just right out the womb. He was like, this is the album. <laughs> this is and Journey done. and done. Yep. Perfect. So what else do I need? <laughs> Why would you do it? They already made the album. <laughs> it's over. Music I'm never going to stop believing in this <laughs> band, <laughs> which I just heard and is the ever. first music I've ever heard. Yep. Done and done. It was uh, any way I wanted it and I did it. But uh, he talked. He talks about this. This author talks about how John Darnielle from the Mountain Goats just announced a new a new novel, which just came off of the Mountain Goats releasing three albums within an eighteen month period. Busy which pandemic comes after launching wow. a thing. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like this guy just hit a creative stride, right? He was he, he just hit a creative stride all of a sudden. What causes them, and how do you hit them? Because they yeah. seem. I mean, they seem to come out of nowhere, right? Even even yeah. when you know they don't come out of nowhere. Like, even when you sit and you're like, well, I know no musician actually comes out of nowhere. And they were running around and, you know, playing yeah. playing local shows. No comedian comes out of nowhere. We know all these things. Mm -hmm. But it feels like they do. And when they do, they're just on a streak. And then they disappear. And maybe mm -hmm. they come back and there's another streak. Or maybe they're just gone. But... And we've so, all, uh, sort, of, we've all wait, sort of felt the hot streak in our own lives, too, right? Like, yeah. you kind of go, oh, I'm doing something. Yeah. I've been doing something here. Yeah. But so like, are what we talking is it? What holds are we on talking about like like pure output? Just 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 volume of of creativity or are we talking about like Can't the, be a certain level? Just like yeah. the, the the hitting a, a stride of uh of making great things. You got to be playing at the top of your game. Okay. You have to be okay. playing at the top of your game and also reaching a certain level of a claim for what you're doing at the same mm -hmm. time. This mm -hmm. is a hard thing to quantify, which is why I think it's fascinating that uh, some data researchers tried to quantify it. The quantification yeah. of creativity and like weird human stuff is fascinating to me because when I explain to you how they did this, you're going to be like, I feel like that works, but it doesn't. Okay. So basically what happens is they wanted to figure out the hot streak. So they were like, okay, we need is to this figure like out a, different. I'm because I'm, I'm thinking like, right, is and not to like use a sports terminology here, kind of thing, but like, uh, and it, it, I don't know who the quote originated from. It's like it took me 20 years to be an overnight success, kind of a thing, right? So like, Michael Jordan comes in the league and he doesn't start winning championships until '92, right? So yeah, he's, I, I mean, he's been in the be, league right? eight years. Yeah. Um, it could right. be that because because I think the important thing is like, okay, nothing happened for eight years, but then when it everything did. happened, right? Right. So right. that's the thing is it's like what caused the everything to happen? Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know? What was the tipping um, point? What was the tipping point? What Scotty created Pippen? this? <laughs> Scotty, that's 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 an. That was a real that, sports episode today, everybody. That, Buckle that up. The, that, that was the pipping point. Which uh, oh, which of the tunes? Which of the tune stars would Scotty Pippen? <laughs> probably, I would give him. He's so reserved. Is he a daffy, I think he's probably a daffy. Right, because Bugs da is point guard, daffy. right? Yeah, he's not Foghorn Leghorn. Too no. vocal. He's not Elmer right. Fudd. He's like, he has fudd It's not personality. I just want to know which okay. member of the Toon Stars was playing the position Scottie Pippen played. Oh. <laughs> That's well, all I want to know. Scottie Pippen forward? What, what did he yeah. play? Power forward. Know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know why I'm yeah. making these open-ended so you can talk about sports more. <laughs> it's your fault. I don't know why I'm doing it. Um, but so they wanted to figure out, these, these scientists wanted to figure out what is going on. This is published in Nature Communications. Um, these are some researchers from, I believe, Purdue. Um, Bullshit. That's the worst Big Ten school. Oh, I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know anything about it. I, um, <laughs> I just created a rivalry so, where there wasn't one. Yeah. Uh, so they were like, okay, let's figure this out. Let's pick three types of artist or creative person. And like, let's start, let's start collecting data on hot streaks. Okay. So what they did was they decided fine artists, film directors, and scientists were the three. Walk into people. a bar. Yeah. Yeah. 
and there's a rabbi and a horse <laughs> tending the bar. Um, and one of them is Jewish and one of them is Christian. And um, so what they wanted to do was they wanted to figure out because they figured this is three different creative fields. Uh, and there's probably, and I think they thought this is going from least to most quantifiable, right? Oh, right. Science being the most quantifiable. Yeah, because it's like, how many papers did you put out? How many conferences yeah. did you go to? Did you right. get tenured, right? Whereas like fine art is kind of like hard. You got you to gotta figure out tracking popularity versus output. And movies is, is kind of interesting because there's a lot of data you can cross, like metadata related to movies you can cross-reference, right? You can be like, this director made X number of movies. They are rated this across, you know right. what I mean? They worked right. with these actors. Here's what the movies are about. So what they wanted to find out what they really thought this came down to was two different things. Exploration and exploitation. That's what they think are the two main factors of creativity. Exploration okay. is when you're dabbling. You're figuring out new things. You're trying different stuff. You're throwing everything against the wall to see what sticks. Exploitation is, I know how to do this and I'm just trying to do it better and better and better. This is something I've already done. Okay. It's only okay. a half of a 4X game though. You know? What? Forex strategy games. Expo exploit, explore. Uh, what are the other two oh, of them? Come on, Jeff. Fucking, it's, everything, it's everything Anthony doesn't know about, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fine. We'll just talk exterminate, about all the things Anthony doesn't give a shit expand. about. Okay? Explore, it's expand, fine. exploit, We'll do it during his story. We'll do it during his story <laughs> when he's trying to get a point across. It'll right. be fun. Josh yeah. will come. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Continue. All right, so they uh, they got like them dated together. I like that I'm just the guy that so, came to the party like I'm fucking this place up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I know, but which one? Like, based on uh, which do you think is more important? Uh, I would. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Well, I would. Like, I, I'm I'm kind of the guy, and you pointed it out, Anthony, and maybe it's to a fault. Is I'm the kind of guy that does not do well doing the same thing over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I like hosting or the once. morning <laughs> or, or once. Yeah. <laughs> burn, Jeff. Burn, burn. Um, like I, I have trouble. Like that's what I have a board game. I host a morning show. I like. I want to do everything. Right. Anytime somebody yeah. asks me, I always say yes, almost to a fault. Right. And sometimes it's, you know, it's like master of none, none of master, whatever it means. That used to be called um, being a renaissance man, though. Yeah. A jack right. of all trades. Yeah. Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades, a, ma a master of none, whatever. Mm -hmm. right. um, and so I've kind of like lived my life as far as like figuring out what I love to do. And I always find something new that I love to do. So it's hard for me to, to say like, oh, I found this. Let me exploit it. Because I don't think I've ever gotten there, as Jeff so eloquently pointed out. So I think it's more of the, I'm always testing what I think I can do and what I like to do. And maybe it spreads me a little too thin sometimes, but I, I can't, I don't think I could live any other way. So yeah. that's the explore side. I think that's a vote for the explore side. And I think, I think you're right. I think that's side. valid. Yeah. I mean, explore feels like a way to generate them instead of going deep on one subject going broad on a lot of subjects probably feels like the way to me that my instinct i side with you josh i think that feels like the way to be more prolific and get into one of those streaks is that you right. get you get you get a lot of cool inspiration and a lot of different things and you have a lot of different plates spinning and you want to do all of it okay right? but counterpoint right counterpoint some of the people that we know the most as creative geniuses who have been on the biggest hot streaks do one thing, maybe two. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right? That's, because there's a certain level of expertise that has to yeah. come from it, right? The Beatles put out seven albums in three years or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. So, Like James it, Patterson has written, what, at the same book 70 times? Well, right? yeah. James Patterson stopped writing those books. Oh, yeah. There's a farm. There's a farm of James Patterson somewhere <laughs> that just 100%. writes all of those, and they're all the same. He just puts his name on it, right? Do you know um, that Jim Davis hasn't touched a Garfield in like 20 years? Oh yeah, I could see that. That Jim was Davis like Gary hasn't touched a Garfield in 20 years. Isn't that <laughs> wild? There's are there 
Are there new Garfields being written though? Every, every, all the child. Yeah. <laughs> every say, day. Say, yeah. There's a, there's a comic strip every day. Yeah, but listen, there are they new? I feel like you just yeah. like they just push a randomized if you button. Born, if you were born after 1980 and you didn't know, what would the causality be? Does the sun come up and a Garfield cartoon comes out, or does a Garfield cartoon come out and so the sun rises, Jeff? It's a you solid don't know. question. Yeah. They haven't missed a Garfield in 87,000 years. And it's because <laughs> there are like 80 art school kids who have to do Garfield every day for Jim Davis. Yeah. yeah. He just sits there eating his lasagna. Just, <laughs> gotcha. That's the one thing that came from his life. That's the one autobiographical thing in Garfield. It's, it's lasagna. Love of lasagna. <laughs> Everybody he actually loves can't get enough. Mondays too. It's weird. <laughs> he loves yeah, them. Yeah. He loves them, but he was like, wouldn't it? And that's how he got the ideas. He thought, and this is exploration versus exploitation. He says, what about if I hated Mondays? Wouldn't that be wild? What would that be like? <laughs> what would that be like? I'm going to hire some art kids to find it out. From that perspective, <laughs> try to inhabit the body of somebody who hates Mondays. Ew, and that's how Mondays. streaks start. That's, and that's, that's how, how streaks start. <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's also how the, the comic strip Kathy started, I'm guessing, unless Jim Davis writes Kathy under a pseudonym, because Kathy yeah. looks pretty similar to Garfield. <laughs> it's drawn pretty similar. I'm just, you know, it's we're like on, Gary, Gary Larson in Farside. Gary we're Larson in Farside, shit. right? Guy mm-hmm. probably did a thousand Farsides. Yeah. And then went away because he either couldn't think of any more or he was just done with it. Yeah. And he said he was done. He was like, I did it. Yeah, I'm done. Um, but but like I look at the far side and it's like there are things that he kept doing over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. Like the visual puns and the sight gags and like a lot of cows. I remember there being a lot of cows. A lot of cows. A lot of cows. Yeah. Lot of cows. But um, so this is the sort of thing that they were trying to figure out. And they were like, here's what we're going to do because we're data scientists and shit's going to get wild. <laughs> <laughs> For visual artists... They took over 800,000 images of visual arts from museum and gallery collections, covering the career of over 2,000 artists. Okay. Then they ran it all through AI, tagged it with dates and, and things like that. And so the AI looked for similarities in Robots. the artworks from the artist. Okay. <laughs> and then they charted the number of gallery shows the artist has had, the number of paintings sold. If these paintings are still being resold today and auctioned off, how much are they being auctioned off for now? Okay. Right. right. That's the sort of stuff they took. For filmmakers, they took the films and then they took like the IMDB database, right? They grabbed the plot, they grabbed the rating, they grabbed the year, they grabbed the, the, the actors that were in it, the genre, everything they could find to see. We're going to try to find every similarity and every difference between everything this filmmaker has ever done. And then we're going to try to take this filmmaker's perceived popularity and figure out whether they were doing the same thing, but just doing it doing it better and better every time, or mm. if they were just changing mm. the game. <clears throat> Interesting. Because, like, okay, if we're going to... like. like uh, all right. I would just take maybe a film director and the first one that pops in my brain is Martin Scorsese, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, simply because I think he found his wheelhouse. Don't be a stereotype, and- Makuga. <laughs> oh, come on. It's Italians. <laughs> you got to stick together. Um, I'm trying found- to think of a filmmaker. Let me see. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, the I only know. Italian just one random. working. Let me pick one out of a hat. Who knows? Could be anyone. Oh, it's Martin Scorsese. Who knew? <laughs> yep nailed it you got me uh but scorsese exploited his wheelhouse right it's a it's a mob movie it's a crime movie it's some sort of organized crime movie and he took that that absolute archetype and he just kept punching you with it good fellas casino uh, uh uh what's it called um the one where everybody, he finally won one. Uh, uh, come on, the Boston one. No ticket, uh, no laundry. Uh, the Departed. Um, Departed, Departed. Yeah. Right? So like, but, all- yeah. Look, I mean, if you look at his filmography, there's a heck of a lot of not crime movies as well. Yeah, well. You know? And here's, and here's- Hugo. Here's what I want to look at. Here's what I want to look at, right? <laughs> kind I of a fucking, crime movie. Okay. I fucking love Hugo. Hugo's great. Movie. Hugo's amazing. But- 
let's t- if we take a look, I brought up his IMDb right now. Okay. If you look at when you would consider his golden period, his, his, his streak, streak, right? Like, you know, it probably starts with uh, Mean Streets. Mm-hmm. That's his right? first 73. one, right? Okay. And then it goes through like, Let's take a look at what he did up through when we would say, okay, maybe this is when it slowed down a little bit. Mean Streets. The documentary Italian American. Okay. Alice doesn't live here anymore. Mm. A little different. Yeah. Okay. Taxi driver. Yup. Now we're New getting... York, New York. Okay. The Last Waltz was just a documentary. About uh, America or the band? The band. The uh, Last Waltz is about the band. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's about, band, yes, yeah. it's about America. Um, and then, uh, he did Raging Bull, mm-hmm. the King of Comedy after hours. So it's like, he has these themes, but he pulls away to do something totally different. Mm-hmm. Right. Like every once in a while he pulls away and he's like, I mean, it's not totally different. It's still a little bit in his wheelhouse, but doing a documentary about a band, mm-hmm. you know, after making three movies about you know, how gritty and horrible it is in New York in the 70s. Yeah. yeah. That's pulling back. That's changing it up, right? Yeah. So I think that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But yes, there's a lot of... But then once, but then it's kind of funny because once he figures out like, oh, band documentaries, then he gets really into band documentaries because he did <laughs> yeah. like the Michael Jackson one and the George Harrison one. and Rolling Stones. Yeah. I don't so know, he, but I mean, like, he's got like, you know, like Last Temptation of Christ, Age of Innocence, Kundun. Yeah. You know, these are movies Kundun! that are not. Yeah, <laughs> let's get a little more love for Kundun, man. <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm just saying these are, these are movies Kundun. that are very different than. Uh, yeah, I genuinely forgot Goodfellas. about Kundun. That was a good movie. It's yeah. not um, bad. What's so, the, uh, a little bit, a little bit. Good, Goodfellas bit. and Casino are basically like the same movie. Just yeah, lo- one's longer than the other. I mean, they're both fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but they're you know mm-hmm. kind of very similar movies, and I lo- I love them both. Um, What's the what was the one in between that and the Departed? Uh, Gangs in New York. Gangs in New where, York. Yeah. Oh, Gangs in New York. Which again yeah. is that one's way different than all the other ones. That one makes me sick to my stomach a lot of times because like again, yeah, his, his, his if we're talking about themes overarching, it's that New York is a terrible place. He yeah. hates <laughs> to love when New do you, York. When do you want to be here? When do you want yeah. to be here? Because I guarantee. It's bad. He also yeah. did the Aviator. He did the Aviator before The Departed mm-hmm. um, as well. So anyway. this is kind of interesting, right? Like, so they would take this and they would be like, well, how much did each of these movies make? Uh, yeah. What were the reviews for these movies? What were the critical? How much were people, how much was he mentioned in the news around these times? Like wow, that's a- all of this stuff. They have They took what they called dimensions, right? Which are just kind of different types of data points. And they said they looked at over 200 dimensions of data for filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tried to do the same thing for fine artists and, uh, and scientists as well. Were you published? Were you touring? Were you, right. uh, you, know, were you faculty somewhere? What were you, how many patents do you have? That sort of stuff. And I'll tell you, they were like, we're going to find out which one of these is more important, exploration or exploitation. And what they found is sort of exactly what we found going through Martin Scorsese's timeline, which is you have to mess around, hit a thing, go, ooh, ooh, I hit a thing, I hit a thing, and then refine that thing until you get too refined. Because what happens is you said, yeah. like you just said, Casino's the same movie. They were charting these people's careers and they were like, oh yeah, you can see the hot streak kind of die off here. And it was like, Mm. It wasn't that they got worse. They just kept doing the same thing a little too long. So you mine until there's no more gold and then you got to find a new mine. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. And I think if you're like somebody who does creative stuff, I mean, anybody who's even dabbled, like that sort of feels right. You know, they always say there's there's no output with it without uh, input is what they always say. Yeah. This, this feels like uh, something I might intuit, you know, something that Mm -hmm. if you, if I, you really made me think about it. I would, I think I could come to this conclusion without the data and and to say what makes sense is that you find something that interests you, that you're good at, and you, you do it as much as you, as you possibly can. Uh, you win six championships and then you go play baseball. Right. Right. Or you play for the Washington wizards. Yeah. Or, (laughs) or 
you're the star of the animated series Pro Stars. Oh, that was a <laughs> classic Saturday morning cartoon. Bo classic Jackson, Rand- Michael Jordan, uh, Wayne, Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. Awesome. Ran for so, over six weeks. Yes. <laughs> it went, but it did butt up against Captain Planet, who went for a little mm-hmm. while longer. But he was yeah, there as who well. Could possibly I believe it, defeat Captain Planet. Nobody. I believe no. it was in between Captain Planet and Macaulay Culkin's Wish Kid. Yeah, Wish Thank Kid. Wish Ooh. Kid. <laughs> oh man. Um, I so, mean, I will. I don't want to keep making sports references, but I like. But you know, then you don't. Talk about then artists, just stop. Then you don't. could just stop. <laughs> okay. You could just stop instance, doing it. My uh, a very good friend was an exec record executive, like friend of a friend. He was a record executive in like late 70s 80s into the 90s retired right around when napster came he kind of like saw where the industry was going he got out (laughs) got into like real estate like one of those guys who just you know kind of shits money wherever he goes right and so he said that you know and he was a record executive finding you know like a and r guys which i have no idea you know what that totally means but he was out there basically clubbing every night new york la chicago looking for sounds as the record you know they they asked him to do mm-hmm. and that's what he said about music was like listen we found a sound in the 80s it may have gone on a little too far we found hair metal we found grunge we found right. that sound until it was pounded into your head you hated it and then it came back and you liked it 10 years later like Right. For instance, Bon Jovi, they were selling out arenas. Then they couldn't sell out anywhere. And now they're selling out arenas again. That's yeah. like, you know, that nostalgia thing. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of interesting because they are, it, his hot streak had to be figuring out other people's hot streaks. Correct. Right. Like his hot streak had to be, there are four sounds. Yeah, yeah, there are four sounds that are popular in New York and LA right now or wherever, mm-hmm. you know. Which one of these is going to be the big one? Which one mm-hmm. do we bet on? And then which of the bands that I'm hearing in this sound? Like, that's kind of wild. And, yeah. and that's sort of like, that's sort of kind of what they want to do, what this team wants to do is like, we could all sort of intuit, yeah, you got to try something that's a little new, a little different until it clicks and then do it until you don't want to do it anymore. But how do we, using systems and technology, help creative people know when, when? they're on to that? Yeah. How do we help? How do I, as a data scientist, help you, Jeff and Josh, know when something you're doing, because you're interested in three things equally right now, right? You're like, oh, I want to do this, that, and this. A, B, and C. How do I go? Hey, if you're going to be equally happy doing all three of these things, I know for a fact C is really going to take off for you. Yeah. Do they answer Do you- that question? No, because right now they are trying <laughs> to find the model. I see. Right? Uh, I think that's and- a, 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 it's super helpful because I'm exactly like you, Josh. I feel yeah. like I would have been much more successful in my life if I just really wanted to do one thing and focus laser yeah. accurate on that mm-hmm. thing. But mm-hmm. I just, I, I get so excited about all these different things and mm-hmm. I, I want to do everything. You know, I wanted to do Shakespeare and I wanted to do, uh, you know, comedy and I wanted to do, you know, I want to do audiobooks and I want to do, it's like every little thing. It's just like, oh, that sounds cool. I want to do that. Right. Um, instead of just picking one thing and specializing, which I think maybe would have served me better instead of being like a, you know, like I mean, a mosquito at- drawn to the light. Look at somebody like Tiger Woods, for instance. And I know, right. again, sports. But again, Anthony, I mean, it's golf, right? So golf, which so I... Really I <laughs> it's, it's a Get the fuck out of here. It's no, I just, it was funny how you said it. You're like, it's sports, right? But it's golf. <laughs> it's golf, yeah. Here's, let, it is a singular alone sport, okay? In order to get good at golf, you have to hit golf balls nonstop mm-hmm. your whole life. Once yeah. you stop hitting golf balls, you lose the ability to play at the highest level. Tiger Woods, his whole life, he on the spectrum of success, right? Became perfect at golf, as, as close to perfect as we ever are going to see. And he still didn't win every time he went out. Right. 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 Somebody like a Dave Chappelle makes two of 
seasons of maybe the most perfect comedy show ever made. Knowing full well that all the pressure on the world is on him, he disappears with $50 million in his pocket. Okay. There is still go some... back and forth on that to this very yeah. day. I still what? go back and forth on because when you hear him explain it, you're just like, yeah, man, take the money and run. Take it. <laughs> and I mean, that's sort of the way I feel about everything. Yeah. Is take the money and run. But at the same time, I'm like, so you just got to take it? Yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed took contract. It? Took it. And he didn't do and you know, hell, we all thought Dane Cook was funny in the early two thousands. The guy was selling out arenas, right? Yeah. Now he's a punchline. So when you hit that streak, you mm. gotta capitalize as hard as you can because in in anything, yeah. you may not reach that again. Well, I think that that pops two things into my head, which is the idea of like evolution and reinvention, right? Which is like, which I right. think is so important. Um, and then the idea of of sort of what to what you were talking about, Jeff. If I want to do everything, how do I make sure that I'm doing the right thing the most? Yeah. And dabbling in the other things enough so my brain is still engaged. And as far as like the evolution thing, you know, I think so if you look at the trajectory of like a Dane Cook and a Seth Rogen, right? Yeah. These are two very similar kind of started out very broy bros, right? Yeah. Dane Cook continued doing the thing. He yeah. was exploiting he wasn't exploring. He continued nope. doing the exploiting. Seth Rogen was like, well, what if I tried to write something? And what if I tried to be in this movie that's a little different? And what if I backed off and I tried just producing this? And like has slowly over time been like, okay, yes, I will smoke with you if you see me on the street, but no, that's not what I'm about anymore. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? <laughs> right. Not totally. Um, not totally. And if he like, is about it, he's more about the medicinal port, like the medicinal benefits of it, yeah. than he is well, about hanging he out with your drug dealer. He was like, "Wouldn't it be fun to to be the drug dealer now that it's legal?" And so he started mm-hmm. he started his uh, his dispensary, and he's yeah. like, "I've never I've never had a lighter that I enjoy." So his dispensary now sells the Seth Rogen lighter. Like this is a dude, but he's Find still it. putting out two TV shows a year mm-hmm. and showing up in movies. Um, yeah. and, and losing so weight. Yeah. And so it's like he knows how to thread that needle of this is as much as you want from me of this thing. And I know how to give that to you while also feeding the other stuff. Right. Um, You know what? You know what this actually um, brings up in my head is you see every now and again a statistic that'll come out that says, you know, X percentage of Americans or, or, you know, people globally will change professions X number of times mm, yeah. uh, in their lifetime. I think and it was like always, per, total career change, I think was four or five times. Yeah. Wow. And it's always wow. presented like a sort of a negative. Mm-hmm. Like there's something wrong with changing professions, or at least maybe that's how I read it, but it, it, it certainly seems to have this negative connotation yeah. of, you know, there's some sense of, of failure or being off track or, or, uh, a necessity that that is looked down upon of, of having to, you know, start over from scratch or something like that. Yeah. When well, I think reality, it's because we, we've built society that way, right? We've built capitalist America that way where it's like the longer you stay in this one career at this one place, the more you are guaranteed to have more money and success. Correct. Right. Whereas, number one, that's not necessarily true anymore. Yeah. Uh, and number two, so what? Like, take well, a lateral move, like make a change, you know, well, it's totally also, fine. It, it seems like this data seems to suggest that that's kind of the worst thing you can do if your goal is to be A, fulfilled and B, uh, prolific and and contributing something to the world. Like, if you mm-hmm. want to create or, or uh, impact the world in some positive way, it seems like doing something for intensely for a period of time and then switching over to something else seems to be at least based on this data seems to be the right methodology, right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I I think, you know, we're all at an age now where I think we know enough people that have done that slight tweak where it's like, Oh, I thought I was going to be doing this. And then I found out that there's this one side gig that's related to it or this one related industry and the mm-hmm. second I started doing that, I went, oh, 
oh, and something clicked, right? Like I know a bunch yeah. of people who were who were actors who got into animation and motion capture and like the technology of it. After they did it, they were like, oh, I understand how to make this work. No, this is more interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think there's a lot of that where it's like, oh, I thought I wanted to be a teacher, but it turns out that what I wanted to be was um, was a like a uh, industry. It, <laughs> yeah, which which so often right. happens, R- you know. And you, and champion. You, you say that, Anthony, and my dad yeah. was a teacher when he first graduated college. He got his master's in education, has his principal's papers, was like a credit away from getting his Ph.D. in education. Uh, my parents made no money. They were both teachers. They wanted to have kids. My dad applied for a sales job in the auto industry and spent the next 35 years as a car dealer. So, you know what I mean? It's like he made two switches. My brother's probably made three in his life. My sister-in-law has made like three paradigm shifts in career. My wife has probably made four, maybe five. Uh, I've worked like 30 to 40 different jobs since I graduated college, whether it was in front of the camera, behind the camera, at a bar, at a restaurant, you know, uh, anything and everything to kind of see what I liked and what I didn't like. But one one thing I always knew that I liked was working. I liked Mm. the actual process of doing something and working. Yeah. So you and I are genetically predisposed to be working class, Josh. uh, Yeah. We're Italian. We're we're a little (laughs) hardworking Italian guys. My, my, uh, my, (laughs) in-laws uh often no you're tell too my, pretty you're we so don't trust you. you're too pretty you guys are pretty i don't think <laughs> i i just uh, sometimes i forget that you're a, that that you're one of us because you're too tall and you're too pretty stop yeah it's it. the worst yeah stop it um i <laughs> my in-laws always tell my kids you're worker bees and i always like go is that the right message to be given to my kid i don't know <laughs> absolutely not I, <laughs> I, don't be worker bees i mean no. i think i think it's be hard a, to imagine be your a queen bee, bee that works. Be the queen yeah. bee that works. It's fun to imagine yourself as a worker bee when you're a kid and you have to fold laundry. Like that's yeah. fun. If you want to make that yeah. a fun game, but definitely don't beat that into their head. I know. Yeah, I, I was know. like, be a yeah. management bee. <laughs> <laughs> be, <laughs> hey, you're not a worker bee. You're a middle manager because <laughs> you're don't, my kid. <laughs> Don't you dare think above middle management. Be Don't happy. think below it. <laughs> Drive your Malibu, okay, and be done. Yeah. I, you know, I love I, this. I, I'm such a um, a competitive person um, that when I, if I'm going to do something, I want to, I'm going to come at it with a very competitive angle to it. And I, on my wife's side, they are not like that. They are very much like, listen, if you lose, it's totally fine. And I'm like, no, we win. <laughs> or we're upset. Okay. And so that's unhealthy. And I understand that. Right. Like I know that my mentality is not the healthiest way to approach a lot of things. And I'm never <laughs> going to be the guy like I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to compete with you and not be your friend. I'm going to compete with you because I want to compete with you. But I'm not mm-hmm. going to be an asshole about it. Like I'm not a sore loser. I'm not a sore winner. Right. But I, but I, I get upset with people that are so good at something and have no hustle at all. Like the yeah. hustle. Yeah. You the, the hustle is, I yeah. think, what I, you know, if I had yeah. the talent of my best friend in high school, my best friend in high school, all growing up, could have, I mean, beyond the greatest little league baseball player you've ever seen, beyond the greatest athlete I ever saw in high school sports, had zero work ethic, just didn't care. And here's like ho-hum 5'8 Josh Makuga just struggling to be second string his whole effing life. Yeah. You know? And because I had yeah. no athletic ability, but I loved it. Yeah, nice. there's definitely those people. I, I definitely know people that just everything seems to work out pretty well yeah. for them, even though they don't yeah. really try very hard. Uh, and, and you always just go, what, how, did, what is that? Right. What is, I think there's a, <clears throat> I think there's some sort of sublime, um, disconnection or like Zen. Like when you, when you kind of don't give a shit, the world comes to you in a large sense. And I've always been the guy that squeezes the rock yeah. really hard, you know? And, uh, the people who just hold the rock loosely in their hands often, um, I mean, if I could hug the rock, if I could be in a movie with the rock, sure. Whatever, no. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I, no, I like the, I, I like what you're saying. And I, because to me, it's always been like the first, like the first time I was ever on, on set for a thing, 
I had like my I had like my script out in front of me like right before my call and I was like reading it and uh, one of the older guys who was on who was on this thing I think it was a commercial like walked over and was like hey man what are you doing I'm just like oh I'm just going over my lines and he's like nah you went over your lines and <laughs> yeah. I was like what he's like nah you went over your lines he's like anything yeah. you do now doesn't matter he's like you went over them you did it you're as prepared as you're gonna be come have lunch. He's like, you practice until, he's like, you practice until you you practice and and prepare as long as you absolutely have to. And then when you come in to do the thing, have fun and do the thing. Yeah. Like that's, that's that sort of Zen thing that you're talking about is like, you gotta, you gotta prep and then just let go. And I think that, I think the interesting thing about this study is it's like, yeah, you have to, if you don't allow yourself these little side things and these little ideas of uh, these little side ideas of fun and little, little side projects to pop up or changes that pop into your head. You know, there's the Stephen Fry quote where it's, where he's like, uh, we're not nouns, we're verbs. Mm-hmm. Right? He's like, I'm not an actor. He's like, sometimes I act, sometimes I write. He's like, I got to do whatever's interesting to me and wherever yeah. life takes me. Because if I tell myself over and over and over again, I'm an actor, I never would have written a book. Mm-hmm. You right. know? Yeah. And so I think there's something where it's like, if they can quantify this and they can be like, here's everything you did today. And here's the thing that made you happy. That is also the thing that is the most interesting. Like if somebody could point that out to me, yeah, I can be like, you know what I mean? There's a value yeah. to that. There's also like a, a, a frightening algorithmic data science part of it that I'm not <laughs> thinking about right now. Absolutely true. Which is you like know? quantifying the creative is always like fraught with peril. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but for somebody like me who needs a little bit of direction though, sometimes yeah. like, all three, like all three of these things are great. And now I'm like, I've got ADHD and I have anxiety and now I'm going to sit and I'm going to play Genshin Impact and I'm not going to do any of them. Right. <laughs> like if yeah, somebody right. was like, do that one today, man, I'd be like, all right, man, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. You, you, what you're kind of describing and what this study is describing is almost like a career therapist that could make millions of dollars if they had the answer. Like Watson on Jeopardy, right? We couldn't beat him because <laughs> he was a computer. Yeah. But, we gave it the question was fed to him. He could give you the answer. If there was a Watson that could be like, Jeff, you have the golden voice of a God speak into a microphone for the rest of your life and you will be yeah. fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that is a very hard thing to do. So you have to hustle and find a lot of other things in order to make that. It's the line in office space. What would you do if you had a million dollars? Like I would do nothing. That's was his goal. Right. right. The yeah. other guys like I would put 500 in mutual funds. Yes. You know, whatever. Um, there is, there is something magical about knowing what you're good at. There's something very detrimental about somebody telling you you're good at something. Yeah. In yeah. My, in I mean, my look, here's, here's the other thing about ADHD is if you tell me to do something, I yeah. am mad at you and I'm not going to do it. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're telling me to, to do it. You could say, you're really going to like this TV show. You should check it out. Fuck you. Uh-huh. My but like there's a thing in my brain that's literally says fuck you. It's it is literally connected to ADHD. I am I like work against it every day, but it'll be like people will just be like, "Oh, you're really going to love this thing, man. It's like it was made exactly for you." And I'm, I'll be like, "Well, I have other things to do today, and you don't know me." <laughs> so what? <laughs> so yes, what? Anthony, but if that came from a computer, now if it came from go. a robot dog specifically, <laughs> if it came out of the mouth of an adorable <laughs> robot dog, you've got to stream on Netflix. <laughs> You're gonna love this show. <laughs> Thanks, Mickey the dog. <laughs> oh, it is a Disney property. Thank, don't thank you. you. Don't yeah, you I was gonna it. say it's transformative enough legally, uh-huh. Mickey the dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is cool. Uh, you know, I would love to hear from the concerned citizens uh, do you guys, what they think about this. Do you guys hate the, the phrase ignorance is bliss as much as I do? Because it really upsets me because I think knowledge is power and mm. people that think ignorance is bliss is they are, they just aren't seeing what could really help them. Right. Like I Did think you get one yeah. of those Seth Rogen lighters. <laughs> you get one of the, are you about to go off on a thing <laughs> i'm doing it no like for instance uh i don't pay we are, attention we are to big believers we are big believers here on this show uh of of Suck stay engaged stay stay mindful <laughs> yeah uh, pay yeah. attention to what's going on around you for sure yeah. like i try for not sure. to 
to pay attention to like haters on social media, but I have a lot of friends that do, and that ruins their day. My ability to ignorance is bliss, the bad shit, kind of helps me a little bit, right? Or to try and look at it like, okay, this person doesn't like me, that's fine. He doesn't like me. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that in my life that I thought I was awesome and they didn't like me. You should, you and Jeff should definitely speak. Jeff is, (laughs) Jeff is very good at leaving social media alone. No, very, and very good. (laughs) We had an entire arc on this show uh, of, we created an entire room in the discord specifically towards getting Jeff and the rest of us to stop paying attention to social media and negative uh-huh. things. It was uh-huh. useful. That, I, it was I think very useful. I, I think I have, I, I think you would agree. I have come a long way. You and have. That, yeah. And, and by the way, if you want to check out that room or you want to leave, uh, have some discussion about today's episode or, uh, just hang out with some concerned citizens, some like-minded folks. A great place to do that is on our discord. It's a great place. It's he's right. It's a great place. It's, go, it's helped me. Blink twice. Blink twice <laughs> if I'm making you talk about the Discord. <laughs> I love the Discord. It's and you know what? You all, only a dollar a month gets you access to the Discord over at patreon.com slash we have concerns. And if you give us a little extra, a little more than a dollar, you'll get even more in return, including Bonus audio. Oh, do we have bonus audio for you this week? Not only do you get the little pre-conversations we have every episode, but every guest we have ever had on the show, including one, Josh McCuga, from the Good Person Association. Good People Association. Good People Association. (laughs) I was trying to say Good Person Society, and I was like, that's Uh, not right. Good Person. Good People Association. That's the Universal Studios to our Disneyland. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, we have extra audio with uh, Josh as well, exclusive to our patrons. So check it out. Patreon.com slash we have concerns. We want to thank Josh for coming by today. Josh, tell us, tell us about the Kickstarter. So the Kickstarter, let's check it right now. Uh, we are just over 22,500 to our, towards our first $30,000 goal. We have stretch goals, uh, 22,600. Boom. Just racked up. Um, Woo. Up to our $30,000 goal, which will get the game made. That's our first goal. And then we have like, uh, ex, you know, stretch goals for expansion packs, card packs, like R rated, uh, futility nights, as we're kind of calling it. We got sports, we have movies, uh, all kinds of packs so that the, the game never gets old. You, we, the, your first board game will get you the board, 400 cards, uh, all the game pieces, everything in between. And, um, we're almost there. So what you guys can do the $40 level, get you the game, hundred dollar, get you all the expansion packs. Um, the $500 level, which we love is we have an artist that will draw your likeness on the box. So everybody oh, that's wow. donated to the $500 will have their face on the box for all of eternity. Um, and then, uh, if you up past 40, uh, any $20 pledge, you can pitch us card ideas and we will give you credit on the game for the card idea that you sent in. So that's amazing. So go check that yeah. out, everybody. Uh, go check out all the many, many shows that Josh McCuga is part of, including, I guess, a football one that he does with Jeff. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. And it's Anthony, I got to get you. I got to get you on Josh Birdie, my game show. It's the fastest game Josh show on the internet, <laughs> and it's super fun. It's super it's good fun, Anthony. You you have a blast for sure. All right. Yeah. Jeff, I'm down. Jeff Anytime. Has been on it. Yeah. Anytime. Thank you all so much. Uh, we will see you next week. 